we were talking about our foundational belief systems that we have for as as community care ready responders what is the foundational uh, biblical stands of where are we coming from uh, as as ready responders what are these basic things that we must understand about ourselves and about people and the reason why this is so important is because um, unless you understand these things about people and about ourselves we will take people for granted we'll also take this position of t being lords over folks uh, which we see a lot in particular in our community meaning african-american communities and churches where a lot of times congregations are lorded over and i know that is i um, we personally believe that is because um, leaders sometimes have never been taught this foundational truth about god's people there they have uh, many have been taught that people god's people are sheep and sheep are dumb uh and they're gullible and that's not how god sees his people he, he doesn't refer to us as being dumb ignorant sheep um, and they're, they're taking that from the passage where Peter wrote to the church and said to the elders among you, shepherd the flock. Now, the emphasis wasn't talking about the character of sheep and the people. He was telling them to, uh, to lead people the same way a shepherd does with his sheep. It, hadn't, it wasn't talking about nothing about the characteristics of sheep. <laughs> if the emphasis was on how leaders need to view their position in overseeing people, they're like the people of, you need to be thinking like a shepherd, one who's there, who's caring, loving, um, protecting, protecting, um, healing. He's yeah. um, um, not only just protecting, but he's making sure that she, that their, the sheep are healthy. Yeah. Um, that when they receive injury, he takes care of the injuries. Yeah. So this is a caring. Uh, protective yeah. uh, relationship that you're supposed to have as a leader, as of, a leader. of those who are um, looking to you. Yeah, and rather that flock is your own household, because again, remember that uh, the church met in homes. I, uh, about a month ago, I had to remind a pastor of that because he was getting into a debate with some folks about this whole church, house church movement and uh, people that are leaving the churches and they were talking about women in ministry and all those controversial issues which i understand they're big issues for a lot of people but i had to put it in perspective i said please understand that when paul wrote his letters when peter wrote the letters when james wrote the letters everything that we're reading is in the context of the household mm -hmm. so they didn't have no big debate about this stuff that we do today because we're thinking in terms of legal organizational structures but they were talking to families meeting in houses so a letter saying to the elders among you it didn't mean the elders didn't mean a clerical term like it does today it wasn't the deacon it wasn't talking it even wasn't when the he, mother you know, he wasn't that stuff that evolved over time the mothers in the church, the missionaries in the church, right. the elders, the deacons, the pastors, the you know, those became uh, clerical terms associated with a hierarchical structure and system. And so when we read the Bible today, we keep putting it into the context of our structures today. 
without failing to understand that when he said to the elders among you, he was simply talking about those mature ones. Yes. To those who are mature among you, don't treat your position as being an elder as if though you're lording something over people. Obviously, you're, you're mature. You know what you're doing. You're, thought, you're looked up to by your family and family members and friends and people in the community. So he's saying, don't be no heavy-handed overseer. Right. Think of yourself as a shepherd, yes. as even though you're an elder, and people respect the authority was based on relationship. Got to remember that. In the early church, authority was built on, was primarily based on relationship. Mother, father, grandma, grandpa, aunt, uncle. <laughs> That's where the authorities came from. You were the authority in your home based upon the structure of the home. So he wasn't throwing out hierarchy. He wasn't throwing out leadership. But it, was, but it was based upon the relationship that people, the roles that they already had in family structure. And so he said, now among all you elders that are there, in, then you need to think of yourself as a shepherd. Isn't that amazing? Now, now comes the rest of the part that I want to say to you. Because we need to understand some things about the way God views people. He doesn't view them as dumb, ignorant, stupid sheep. Now, because that thought has been perpetuated for years, that's why you end up with pastors and leaders standing up in pulpits and podiums and on stages talking down to God's people. Remember last week we shared with you, uh, go to look, go to look on page three uh, of our foundational belief systems from our from our lesson last week, number page number three. Remember we said we are created in the image of our creator God. You just start there. Mm -hmm. You're talking to people who were created in the image of God. So you don't have no business at all ever talking down to God's image. Amen. Woo! Amen. You can start there. <laughs> that alone ought to make you check yourself. Yes, people mess up. They make mistakes. They sin. They get into rebellion. All of that. Mm -hmm. But it never gives us a reason to go into the position of talking down to them. Because they were created in the image of God. And too many leaders forget that. The next one said, every life is valuable. Major statement. Every life is valuable and has a contribution and purpose on the earth. And we took it a step further um, when we just uh, met in the women's shelter this past week with the staff and said not only uh, does each life has a contribution, but every life is a contribution. We have a contribution through our gifts and talents and skills and ability that we can make to the world. But here's the better, even better part. You and I are a contribution. Mm -hmm. Wow. <laughs> That's a, that helps us as leaders, too, when, when, when we're feeling unappreciated and nobody understands <laughs> and taking advantage of us and ignoring us and all of the rest. Remember, we are a contribution. As you just heard on the video, either God is using us in people's lives, if, even if they don't know it. And even for those that know it, but they won't, they won't acknowledge it. Because I didn't want my deliverance to come through you. <laughs> I wanted God to give me an answer, but I didn't want it to come through you. <laughs> so since it didn't come through the person that they thought it was going to come from, they'll never acknowledge it. They may never in this, <laughs> acknowledge that, that, 
that one time you were speaking or you was talking on, and, and they got their answer. You wasn't even talking to them. You was probably talking to somebody else and wasn't even talking to them at all. And they got an answer from God while you was talking. And they'll never tell you. <laughs> but that's okay because we know that God sent us to be to make a contribution and to be a contribution Amen. in the earth today. Now go to the to the page that I just handed to you that says realizing your why. And I want to walk through this with you before we continue on with our foundational belief systems. And uh, remember I told you we're going to really take our time going through this because as we're going through these ready responder training, uh, we want to walk through it with you guys in a completely in a much more thorough and detailed way because to us, we're not just simply going through this so that you can go through it with other people. We're going through it with you this way so that you know the why. So that you know the why. Too many times lessons are presented and given and then we turn around and we just repeat it, you know, and give it to somebody else, but we don't really know the why. And when you get a hold of the why, the why you are here, the why we're doing things the way we're doing them, then it then it takes on a new level of of our ability to really retain it. Um, I used to uh, I, I used to, when Carol and I were back in St. Louis and we were teaching various classes, I would always say this: There's a difference between getting this information for your own personal growth and edification versus getting this information so that you, because you know one day you're going to be responsible to teach it to somebody else. Mm -hmm. Your approach kind of changes really drastically when you go, okay, I'm not just learning this for a grade. You know how we go through school, yeah. and I'm learning this for a grade. Just so I can pass the just test. Just so I can pass the test and get to get a good score. But what's, what's different, and te school teachers have this all the time. Doctors have this all the time. People who are actually learning a skill as well as getting an education. They know, for instance, think about the doctors, especially specialists. I'm not just learning this to get a grade. I got to learn this because I got to actually work on somebody. Lives are at stake. Lives are at stake. Yeah. And so when we take that approach, then it kind of enhances our ability to retain the information, doesn't it? <laughs> and it goes beyond just, yeah, it goes beyond just, I'm getting this information so I can pass the test. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's why we're going through it this way with you guys because this is beyond just passing a test and getting a certificate at the end yeah. lives are on the line yeah. and so we want you to know plus we want you to know our heart that's that's really really dear to uh, dear and precious to us we want you to know our hearts as we're going through all of this and so here's here's what we went through on realizing our why first of all number one we ask yourself the question, why am I here? Why was I given life and breath? What is the purpose of my time on this earth? Everybody asks that question at some point in time. Continue right on. You were born. And here's one of the things that we've actually stated to people. Um, Tracy has heard us say, make this statement over and over again when we were at the career link. You were born to do more than work, pay bills, and die. So glad. So very glad. <laughs> very important statement. But remember, we're getting to the why. What if your birth was intentional? What if it was meaningful? And what if it was purposeful? What if you really are not an accident? 
I love saying making this statement to people whose parents did not intend for them to be born. They tell them you was an accident. You were you were you were an oops. <laughs> you were a mistake. Your parents may not have intended for you to be here. But we believe, I'm convinced, that every birth is intentional and it's meaningful and it's purposeful. So we can we could say that say it this way: um, You were born. It, what if your birth was and it was intentional? Yeah. What if your birth was meaningful and it is meaningful? Yeah, yeah. What if your birth was purposeful and, and it, it is, is purposeful. purposeful? Yeah. Bless the Lord. <laughs> See why when you think this way about yourself and about the people who you are instructing and teaching, how it just changes you on the inside. Yes. Then you're not frustrated with people when they take too long or take too long to get a point or you're not, you're not impatient with people when they keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. Because look how long it took us to, uh, to finally come into the understanding of our true purpose, the meaning of our life, uh, and how intentional God has been about us all of our lives. Uh, number four, right now, people are praying to God and asking for answers, for solutions to their problems. Right now, all over this entire planet, however, six billion, seven billion, I don't know what the number is of us that are on this planet, people are asking God for answers and solutions. Now, check this out. Most of mankind's problems and challenges revolve around the need for three things, provision, protection, and power. Most of the requests that are going up to God revolve around those three areas, provision, protection, and power. Provision, people are asking God for resources, food, clothes, shelter. <laughs> and then protection, that's the ability to guard my family and my property, my possessions. We want protection. And then a lot of requests are about asking God for power. And that is the ability and the authority to control my present circumstances and my future outcome. Yeah. Most people are asking for, you know, because you're tired of living, feeling like people are making decisions on your, on your behalf or their de decisions are affecting you and you didn't have nothing to do with it. You had no say-so in it. So most of our prayers revolve around provision, protection, and power. And so, how does God respond to these requests? Well, we believe God responds with people. He doesn't just reach down out of the heavens and hand people a house or hand them some clothes. He doesn't just reach down out of the heavens and stand on guard and puts his hand to, to protect their property. And he doesn't just reach his hand down out of heaven and say, here, you now have authority and ability to protect everything. No. God responds to these requests with people. Very important to see. Now, number 10, number nine. So how does God's creator respond to these requests? We believe God's creator responds with people. Number 10, we believe creator God provides people as the primary means by which mankind's greatest needs get addressed. I say that's primary, not always, because we all know that there have been sovereign moves of God. But primarily, God uses people to address these things. Number 11. Now I'm going to give you some biblical historical examples. First of all, Abram or Abraham. God promised this man that he would become a great nation through which God would bless the whole world. 
is so see it god said i'm going to bless the whole world i'm going to answer the whole world's three three requests mm -hmm. through this nation and he started by doing something. God started by sending a baby. <laughs> he started with a person. He started with Abram and then sent Abram a son. He didn't just come down and just give provision, protection, and power to the whole world. He said, I'm, I'm going to do it through people. I'm going to, there's a whole nation that's inside of you. And I'm going to use these people to bless the whole world. Isn't it awesome to see? Wow. Here's another example. Jacob, the grandson of Abraham, in anticipation of a massive multi-year drought that would wipe out various ethnic groups, God sent a baby who would someday become prime minister of Egypt, which was the world power of that time. And that baby would wisely guide the region and the known world through the famine and back into prosperity. That baby was named Joseph. He was born for that purpose. Wow. Next one. Anybody know know this woman? Yosebed. Yosebed. Thank you. I can say it right at the shelter, did I? <laughs> Due to the outcry of an ethnic group that had been enslaved for hundreds of years, God responded with the birth of a baby through this woman. Her son would one day lead his people out of their bondage. That baby was named Moses. Isn't that awesome, y'all? I love yes. putting it in because when you put it in these in these terms, I'm naming people. Because mm -hmm. yes. God still operates that day to, that way today. I'm so excited. You can tell I'm excited as as I'm sharing this with you because yes. it helps us as His leaders yes. to really get the big picture of how God sees things. Mary, in anticipation of addressing the greatest need of mankind. Over and above provision, protection, and power, God used, uh, God uh, called, well, let me just read it. Read it, Pastor Chris. Greatest need of mankind, which was for love and connection with God. A baby girl named Mary came into the world, and she would one day give birth to Yeshua, the Christ. Again, a baby was born to address a, a cry within mankind. Amen. Ain't that something? Come on, bless the Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. So number 12, you can turn over and flip over to the next side of the page. Now, do you see the pattern? Yes. When there's an outcry for help, God answers the prayers by providing a person into the world to become the answer to those prayers. Yes, Lord. Every person was born to become an answer, a solution to a problem. Yes. Wow. So you never know who's sitting in our small groups right now. Amen. And we have the honor and the privilege of nurturing them and preparing them to be an answer. Because there's somebody somewhere crying out to God. And we're not the one. That's what leaders really, we got to understand. We aren't going to get to everybody. Amen. We're an answer to the prayer that the people that he's got us in front of. They're an answer to some prayers that we may never, ever see. But if we equip them and empower them, and, and they're going to be ready. They're going to be sharp and ready to be all that God wants them to be, to respond to those cries. Come on, bless the Lord right now. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. So 13, every person is born to be a contribution 
to both to make and to be a contribution, contribution to the world. And that's why you are so valuable to God. Wow. Number 14. You were born to be an answer to someone's prayer. I had to say it again. Mm -hmm. You were born to be an answer to someone's prayer. Say it to yourself. I was say it born, to yourself. I was born, <laughs> born to be an answer to someone's prayer. Yeah. And, uh, and I don't want to say that the enemy of our souls is all-knowing. He certainly isn't all-knowing. He's not everywhere at the same time. He's not all-powerful. But he's been around enough to know certain patterns. And I believe that he recognizes certain delivering anointings that get birthed into the world. Like, okay, I've seen that before. And whether it's coming through a little boy or a little girl, he goes, here comes another one. <laughs> and he starts working on us. Right from the beginning, through family, same thing that Joseph went through, through family members. Then we didn't, that they see something there. And they don't even understand it. And they were Just so jealous. busy being jealous of Envious. their brother, not understanding that this brother is going to save the whole family. He's going to save the whole nation. He's going to be used to save the whole world from famine. So the enemy comes after him, and he'll use family members. He'll use neighbors, friends. And as you're going along through life, you just people that are around you because they, they don't know why. All they know is they feel is this sense of what they, what they say today. Uh, kind of I feel some kind of way when you come around me. Yeah. I just feel some type of way. And every time you say something, and why you got to say it like that? And you're like, what? Say it like what? What do you mean say it that way? That's true. I'm just being myself. <laughs> but they don't understand. But the enemy knows. The enemy of you, of you and my soul, he, he don't know what God's going to do with you. He don't know what God's plan is for you because he don't know the mind of God. Right. But he's been around enough to know. I done seen enough Abrahams and Isaacs and Jacobs and Josephs and Moseses and Joshuas and just the list goes on. I done seen enough Pauls and Timothys and to know, here come another one. <laughs> And I don't know what God's plan is for you, but I know it's going to, it's accelerating my end. Mm -hmm. That much I know. Yeah. That if I let you continue to go forth, you will impact hundreds and thousands yeah. and hundreds of thousands and millions of people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I often think uh, some of the great people that we know of, like Billy Graham, I wonder if his Sunday school teachers knew who they was talking to. If his youth leaders knew who he was talking to, if his school teachers knew who they was teaching. And the same goes for us. We don't know who is amongst us, who's sitting in our house every week, that God's going to use them to turn Lancaster and turn Harrisburg upside down. But he entrusted us. Well, I feel his presence. He entrusted us. Because I don't have to be the one to be on the stage. I don't have to be the one that gets, no. But God, if you can entrust us to teach the ones that will, then I'm just as honored. I'm still just as honored that you entrusted us, that you caused us to see them as an answer. They're an answer to a cry 
in somebody's life, maybe for a whole neighborhood. They may be the answer for a city. They might be the answer for a state. They might be the answer for the entire country. We don't know. And so God wants us to treat them as the value, the special jewel, and the special gift that they are to the world. Even the hard-nosed, rebellious ones that don't seem like they ain't even paying attention to a word we're saying right now. <laughs> because God still had them born here. They still got here. He has been intentional and meaningful and purpose, purposeful about them getting here. And so even if they're in their rebellious stage, or some of them could, it might appear as rebellion, but it's actually fear. Yes. They're scared and, of the and most call. Of the time it is. Most of the it's time fear. it is. They're scared of because they feel something. Even they feel some type of way. <laughs> <laughs> About how God keeps showing me stuff and why I keep having dreams and why I keep having, why, can't, why is it that I'm able to, in their world, you know, they, may, they won't say it in religious phrases. They'll say things like, I don't understand why I can read people. Yeah. I don't understand why I have one of the young men that, that was meeting with us for a while used to say, uh, what was the word he used? Negative energy. I feel certain negative energy and negative vibes about people. And so we'd be all tripped up because they said it that way. But no, there's a gifting there. They don't know they've got a gift of discernment. They may not be, they may be a prophet. And so the only way they know how to say it is I get negative vibes and negative energy from people. That's because they don't know none of all our church phrases. But it could be a prophet in the, in the making. And God has given us the privilege of discipling them, of teaching them, of training them. Sometimes we don't, we may not even get to do that much. We may just only get to plant a seed. Somebody else may, yeah, somebody else may water it. But all we, but ultimately, we know the word of the Lord says God's going to give the increase. The increase is coming from God, and that just may be our role in their life. Now you see why we're so strong on leaders treating people right. You don't think of nobody as being small and insignificant. Nobody. My Lord. Okay. I won't get on that. that so go down that road. I won't go down that road. Uh, so number 15, do you know your why? The reason you are alive and what you are contributing to the world. Uh, your answer might be hidden within the circumstances of your life. Uh, I shared my personal story, which I've, done it with you guys many times but I will again for the sake of those who are watching online there's at least one on live right now whoever you are hi <laughs> and um, and it's really important that you understand or, or you allow the Holy Spirit to give you uh, the meaning of your life, his purpose for your life, which might right, which might be hidden within the circumstances of your birth. I shared with you guys. Um, I was born into a grief-stricken family. My mom and dad had lost their two-year-old baby boy. My mom was seven months pregnant with me in a food-choking accident, and suddenly their youngest child in the family is gone. And so she was seven months pregnant, so they went another two months, and then I'm born. And when I was born, the family was still very much in grief. My older brothers told me the story. And it wasn't until much later on in life that I came to understand why my life was always going this particular way. I would seem like I was always coming in behind some tragedy 
some loss, some trauma in people's lives. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> and when you don't understand the purpose of your life, right. you feel like you're always coming in on coming, somebody else's mess. Yeah, and you always feel like, is it me? Am I causing? Am I doing something? Am I doing something? And I'm always coming into people's life when they're at their worst. Anybody know what I'm talking about? (laughs) And so my life began that way. I was born into a grief-stricken family. And my brother said, uh, they said, uh, Chris, the house had been quiet, dark and quiet for two months. And when mom and dad brought you home, life and joy came into the family, came back into the house. Thank you, So him telling me that, you know how that you get that aha moment. Angels. (laughs) Maybe that's it. (laughs) That God, no, he didn't take the two-year-old so that Chris would have this calling. But what the enemy meant for evil, God turned it. He turned it around. And he showed me my purpose in the circumstances in which I was born. Mm-hmm. That's the awesome thing about God. One of these days we'll get to ask him, you know, why, why things happen a certain way. But, uh, and probably, maybe we won't. Maybe we won't even care. I don't think we'll really care. <laughs> we won't care by then. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Yeah, we ask those questions on this side right. because, you know, yeah. things don't make any sense to us. But on that side, but on that side it all it makes will. sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I found my purpose that God, the calling on me was first of all to him. Always remember that the first call on all of us is to him. And then he sends us. And I even have to keep correcting myself because I always talk about the call of God on my life, the call of God. Really, the call on all of us is to him. The Bible says Jesus first called the disciples to him, the apostles, I mean, to him. And then he sent them. So the call on my life was to him, but then he keeps sending me into trauma, drama, tragedy. (laughs) (laughs) To bring life. To bring his light, not my life, his light. Now, if you, I remember one time, one of the courses or classes that we went through, they encouraged all of us. Maybe it was in the encounters, in those, um, yes, in those, it was in those spiritual encounter classes that we went through. Deliver with basically a deliverance weekend. Yes, they encouraged us before we went into this deliverance weekend. To try to, uh, if your parents are still alive and if you can, to call and find out what was the circumstances uh, of your birth. What was going on between your mom and dad or in your family when you were born into that family. They said they realized most people won't be able to get that. But for those who could, try to find out what was the circumstances of your birth. What was going on between your mom and dad or the family? And of course, a lot of, a lot of, especially our people, we don't know because our family secrets and family, family, you know, moms and dads don't talk and grandparents don't communicate and aunts and uncles hold the secrets. So you don't really never know what, 
what was the circumstances of the family when you were born. But if you can, try to find that out because you will discover, you will discover uh, where the enemy was working in your family and trying right from the beginning to stop your life. And we've been taking it a step further. You will also discover what was God's intention and purpose for your life. What did he send you your life into? Not a little ba helpless little baby who would get abused and everything by your family, because that was other family members' decisions and choices. But you and I were a gift, a gift from God to your family, each and every one of us were. That whether they abused the gift, neglected the gift, traumatized the gift, they have to answer to God for that. But you and I were a gift, a direct response, answer for that family. Isn't that something that makes us really think about our siblings, doesn't it? Because some of our siblings don't seem like no gift. You were no gift to this household. You was trauma. You was... <laughs> all you did was made trouble for everybody all the days of our lives <laughs> but when you stop and think remember we're talking about God's intention and now when you mix in between what God's intention was for each and every one of us that was born into that family versus the perversion that the enemy had been working for generations through that family to directly oppose each and every gift that God was sending. Then it helps us to really get a much fuller picture as to how important each and every one of us was and still is to God. Because even if our family history was like Joseph's, your parents really didn't understand you. <laughs> they didn't know who you really were. Mm -hmm. And your siblings hated you. Mm -hmm. It didn't change God's purpose. Right. Mm -hmm. It didn't change God's intentions. Mm -hmm. It didn't change God's meaning. Mm -hmm. It did not. Yeah. Now you can see why it's so important. That's why it was... I mean, you have to keep going back and going back and back each generation because it's, it's impossible on our part to try to get ahead of it. Uh, but this is the reason why going all the way back to Adam and Eve, this is what God saw when he told the man, uh, don't touch this tree. The day you eat of it, you should surely die. Well, what was God talking about? He was talking about what I'm addressing right now, that for generations to come, every time uh, I send in new life, death is coming. Death is coming. Every time I send in a new soul into the planet, death is coming because you've cut yourself off from me, and now you're going to make the decisions, and y'all are going to make uh, keep things perpetuating through from one family to another, from one generation to another, I should say. Mm -hmm. And what my intentions are for allowing more and more birth and more and more people to come into the earth, it'll constantly get, be thrown off track and sent off into other directions. That's why Jesus had to come to redeem all of mankind 
and at least put mankind back into the position to be able to, again, go back to the beginning and make a choice. Man had, mankind had a choice at the beginning. And when they chose wrong, generations went, generation after generation of mankind moving in perversion. Just think about it when you look at the history. Even God having to flood out the whole planet and almost start all over again. Sin is no joke, is it? And the consequences of sin are no joke. It is death. It is death. It's just what he said. And we think that because we don't see it instantly uh, that there, there's been no death. But now we can just think back over your family, the, the family that you were born into. Think about aunts, uncles, cousins, grandparents, great-grandparents. And you can see how sin and death was just working and working and working. Opposing and opposing and opposing. Each one of us, each one of our siblings, each one of our parents, each one of their siblings. Now you can see why far back it goes. Each one of their parents and each one of their siblings. And just keep going back. So by the time that you and I were born with God's full intention and purpose for us, that's why the enemy is almost just like sitting there just waiting. Just waiting. And when you and I made the decision to accept Jesus Christ into our hearts, it was far more reaching than we could ever have imagined. It was far more reaching than we could have ever thought. It was more than just us getting saved. It's what I'm addressing right now. When we give our hearts to the Lord, now the purpose for that gift being put into the earth, now it can come forth. And now the answer that I wanted you to be for others that are crying out for help, now it's going to happen. And now you can see why the enemy gets, why he pushed and drove so hard against us to get saved. And ever wonder why it was so hard after you got saved? Because <laughs> God's intention is for you to be an answer, for you and I to be an answer to somebody's cry. Somebody's crying out to God. And they, many times they don't even know what they're all of what they're asking for because like I said it's surrounded about it's always surrounded about the issues of provision and protection and power but Jesus came to address the real need and when he addressed the real need within us he releases us to now go and so that he can address the real need in every single human being and that's to be connected to know the love of God and to be connected to God Oh, bless the Lord. I'm so excited just sharing that with you. Thank you, Lord. Woo, bless the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. So I just wanted you just to really think that through. Uh, you can kind of make that your homework over the next week. God, what was the circumstances of my birth? And what were you saying to me? What is the message of my life? My why. What's my why? My yeah. purpose. Yeah. Your purpose for my life. Yeah. And I found that I find that to be necessary because it'll also help bring some healing uh, for you where where family circumstances and situations have really been ugly, especially between siblings. And um, you'll see the enemy was working against all of us, even for the the hard ones. I mean, I lost a brother. The the one brother that we lost, he was the he was the most challenging one of us all. Yeah, that's a good way for me to say it. <laughs> me and him. Oh, yeah, we neck yeah. neck. <laughs> me and him, well, we were the only two that actually had fist fight. 
Yeah. <laughs> he was very witty, extremely intelligent. Yeah. Me and him, we were the for, we were the only two out of all the siblings that actually had fist fight. Yeah. The others would be like shoving matches and a punch or two, but me and him, no, we had all out brawls. We 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 brawl, and so. <laughs> but now, with what we know about his struggles, what I know about my struggles, as a kid, you don't you're not aware of all of that. You're not aware of that the enemy's attacking your brother like this, and he's attacking your sister like this, and he's working on the self-esteem of this one. I mean, he's attacking the men, the mental uh, and emotional issues and this sibling and all. So you don't know. And he's using those things to keep you divided yeah. so that you don't come together to fulfill God's purpose. God's purpose. Not just individually, but as a family. As a, as a whole family. Mm -hmm. You don't even know all of that's going on. Mm -hmm. And if your parents... Uh, aware. Unaware of all of that. They didn't know anything. I remember when we first got here and, and mom shared with me how in the church that she was in, they never talked about spiritual warfare and all that kind of thing. And I'm thinking, what? <laughs> <laughs> no teaching on spiritual warfare at no, all? No. And it was always just this deep mystical thing where you say, in the name of Jesus, you say the blood of Jesus, but you're really saying it because you're just scared. Right. You don't really know. <laughs> You don't really know what you're doing. You just say, you, you don't know your authority. You don't know your authority. You don't know because nobody really talks about these things. So you just kind of say what everybody else say. You know, say in the name of Jesus. Okay, in the name of Jesus. And say, say the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. <laughs> you hear something stumbling around in your house at night, late at night. Blood of Jesus. Well, please do something. I don't know because nobody ever talked about. That's true. Yeah, yeah. nobody ever says anything. What happens when you say all these things and nothing happens? Yeah, what, if I am in a, what if I'm in a seven sons of Sceva situation and the demon says, Jesus, I know, you don't know, I know Jesus, I know your pastor, I don't know you. <laughs> Never been taught about having doors open to the enemy so that yeah. that's the reason why he can come in. Because yeah. you've given him authority in different areas of yeah. your life. You know, yeah. None of that's been taught. Yeah. And uh and and we did. You probably you guys have probably found those that stuff that we have online that deals with all of uh the open doors and giving in I call it uh all access passes. It's under our teaching session that talks about guarding our hearts and homes. Mm -hmm. That particular series is specifically about uh Handle how to deal with spiritual warfare in your family. Uh, so that's another one of those ones. Wow, I, it's so funny to me. They're like, we actually have done teaching on everything. Oh, yeah. One thing leads to another. One thing leads to another. Yeah. yeah. So we actually covered that. So if you if you want to know about that, those of you that are watching this online or you'll watch it later about spiritual warfare regarding your family, look for our section called guarding your guarding our hearts and homes, and you'll find that uh, under our family healing section. Uh, on the Urban Life Family Connections website. I got it all out. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where you'll find a whole lot of the family stuff, on the Urban Life Family Connections website. Uh, but it's very necessary for us so that we're not just responding and reacting in fear. But what I'm getting at is we weren't aware of all of that. Right. Our parents weren't. Our grandparents were. And then there was always the, maybe this one or two people that seemed to walk in this authority in our right. family. Mm -hmm. But, again, it wasn't something that they passed down to everybody else. Right. They didn't explain it to nobody. 
You know, they've just simply said, Father, in the name of Jesus, we bind this now. And they pray and things would happen. That and that's be, all we knew. Yeah, but that was because of their relationship with the Lord. They had that kind of relationship. Yeah. They did they God taught them, they didn't always know how to pass it on. How to teach others. Yes. And now you can see why we like to spend so much time with teaching you to teach others. Yes. Because yes. if it's just within us, and I don't know how to explain this to somebody else, then it dies with us, like it did with, with our relatives yes. who had this powerful anointing or authority that they walked in, but they never passed it on. You know, they became the person that we just all called. You know, if some demons or something run around in our house, we'd be like, call Aunt so-and-so, call so-and-so, tell them to come get this demon out of my house. Because, or call the pastor, you know, to come, come pray for my house, anoint my house, because, and I know that God wanted, wants us as a people to move beyond, this be a strong phrase, but hear, hear me out. He wanted us to move beyond this witch doctor mentality. Yes. Where something super spiritual is going on in my family, you call the witch doctor and have them come get deal with it. So that's something that gets passed on. It came with us from Africa. Yes, it did. And we still have that same mentality. You call those spiritual people to deal with this spiritual stuff. Not knowing that it was an authority that God said we all carry. See how the enemy is taking advantage of us. And so, and since we didn't know all this stuff was going on with our siblings and with our cousins, with our parents, with our grandparents, the enemy's been having a heyday, just been doing whatever he wanted, ripping our families to shreds, just tearing us all up. And I ain't even got to the marriage stuff that the enemy just wrecked us in our marriages. Husbands didn't have no clue that when you became head of the house, the enemy's coming after you first. Wars, men. I'll just be honest. I'm getting married. I have wife. We're gonna have great sex. We're gonna have children. We're gonna have a good job. We're gonna, you know, and we're gonna kick it. Yes. <laughs> Don't have no idea. Now, what you have done is stepped up first in line yeah. against the hordes of hell. 